What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Verdi here with another episode where we're going to talk about the principles of our performance in the restaurant industry and beyond. So while our guest has a lot of experience in the restaurant industry, he came across a bunch of different principles for our performance that apply to any industry. So if you're looking to level up your business or level up your personal life, this is going to be a great episode for you. Our guest who joins us, he is the author of the number one international business bestseller, Restaurant Strong. He has been president and CFO of multinational private and publicly traded multinational hospitality companies with thousands of employees. He has founded two restaurants recognized by the 50 best in its discovery series. What he, yeah, what he has discovered through his research and readers is that the same principles of outperformance are universal to all industries. So the experience he has gained from being in charge of all these top restaurants, starting them from the ground up is going to help you with your business as well. And he is none other than Peter Lassar. Peter, welcome to The Chef. Mark, I am really excited to be here. I'm a big fan of, of all of the work, great work that you've done. And uh, I'm envious of your New York City Marathon qualification. <laughs> As you know, I'm a runner too, but I'm not a fast runner. I'm a slow, slow, long runner, uh, but very happy to be here. Uh, it's an honor to, to join you and to, to speak to your, your great audience. It is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And Peter, we were talking a little bit off. He's doing an ultra marathon, something I've never done before, something I might do someday, but really impressive to be doing something of that caliber. It's also really impressive to have a restaurant and be able to navigate through the pandemic with that. Uh, um, I mean, the pandemic's affected so many different businesses, but I feel like restaurants, that's been one of the uh, more glaring industries where you see it have an impact. I wonder if we could talk about how you were able to navigate during that atmosphere and advice you have for some business owners. Yeah, so I, that's really a fantastic question. And, and what I would say is uh, all my research and, and all my, my work uh, uh, has really led me to the point of understanding that uh, because the restaurant industry is so incredibly competitive, any sort of principles of making it through crises and coming out the other side or rising above the crowd that, uh, that resonate in that saturated marketplace uh, are, are really valuable lessons for everybody else, right? And what, what I would say in general is um, all of my clients uh, had to face the restaurant uh, crisis uh, during the pandemic with uh, leaning into uh, their own unique points of view to figure out how to innovate their way through a really tough situation, okay? And, and so let, let's understand that from, a, um, from a, a point of view that most people in the United States would understand. Would understand. You will have seen, if you ever go to Chick-fil-A, that all of a sudden their drive-throughs developed multiple lanes throughout the pandemic, right? And so Chick-fil-A was responding to this point of view they have that we're going to serve people with great hospitality as fast as possible. That's always been their business plan, right? Uh, in, in the crisis, in new ways, right? And that's really what you have to do is you have to have a point of view that uh, shows you how you're innovating. And in a crisis like the pandemic, 
you actually have to figure out how to take those innovations and lean into that point of view so that you continue to, to differentiate. You can cut expenses and you can reprocess and you should do all those things. Uh, that's what I did and that's what my clients uh, uh, obviously did, but it's not what made them come out thriving. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Because what happens is uh, if you cut your expenses by say 10% and you're a million dollar business, well, you saved $100,000. But if you find a way to actually innovate uh, through your point of view and even grow your, your revenue by 3% more a year, well, in the typical restaurant, that's two to $3 million extra in your pocket at the end of your life, right? Uh, and so innovating to grow revenue, even in crises is the key to the key to managing crises more effectively. And those are some really great points. Cost cutting, it does have its place as being able to prevent overexpansion and some of the dangers with that. And uh, especially from a personal financial perspective, I think yeah. one thing people should do is track their expenses because you're amazed at all the different things that you save the moment you start doing that. But at some point, you got to stop focusing only on defense and go more towards offense because there's Absolutely. a limit to how much you can cost cut. Like right. when you're first doing it, it feels good. You got so many things you can cut down, but you get to the point where if I do another cost cut, I'm going to be understaffed. I'm not going to have enough food. I'm not going to have all this resource. So cost cutting is great in like the super short term, but long term, you got to be looking for those opportunities. Like Peter mentioned, Chick-fil-A uh, has that extra lane now uh, to cater more to that type of audience because they saw growth during the pandemic. That's why they made that move. But listening to your customers, looking at the market, finding ways to be innovative, to see that 2 to 3% growth, as Peter mentioned, that's what leads to long-term growth while cost-cutting can only help in the short-term, maybe the mid-term as well. Absolutely. De-risk, get stable, and then you got to look forward. And, and you know, there's a saying, which is we tend to make a lot less in the short run than we think we will. And we tend to make a lot more in the long run when we stick with something than we think is possible, Right. And, um, and whether it's 20% a year or 3% a year, it's that compounding effect of, uh, of revenue growth on top of revenue growth on top of revenue growth in any business that drives money down to the pockets of stakeholders, right? And gives you more resources to continue to reinvest and get in a virtuous cycle of growth. And a big part of that, Peter mentions, is that forward-looking perspective where you have where you are, but you've got a lot of different data points, you got a lot of feedback, all these different things, giving you different ideas of where to go forward and moving forward. That is how you get the innovation and the growth. Now, one thing uh, Apple mentioned that they create so many different products, far more than whatever actually hits the market. So even though you see like new iPhones, watches, all this stuff, a lot more of what they create never sees the light of day never reaches their stores. And a big part of that is you have to be forward looking to see the innovation, but sometimes we make mistakes on that journey. And while no journey is gonna be perfect, how can we reduce the amount of errors and mistakes we make when being forward thinking and looking for those innovations? 
yeah, that's that's that really is the question. So um, I'm going to tell you, as, as, I, as I, you already know, but uh, for those who, who haven't been thinking it in this way, um, our large companies tend to hire ethnographers, okay? And ethnographers do something very basic. They actually go and they observe clients, right? And they observe customers. And their job is to actually try to really excavate very deeply for why customers are showing up, right? And when you when you do that work yourself, because you don't have to hire an ethnographer, you can go and sit and observe your customers in action. And you actually put a magnifying glass to every scenario that you're looking at that helps you, that you use to find the underlying need that's being addressed, right? And when you can actually more sharply identify the needs than anybody else, that's when you can more sharply find the solutions that work better than others are offering, right? And because we're so egocentric, right? All of us like the shiny things that we like to work on. Uh, and I'm, I've, I've done that, Mark, you've done that. We've all done that, right? Um, but uh, it actually needs to be needs focused first. And that means studying the behavior of clients, looking for the real underlying reason why they show up and try to understand that really well and then figure out a way to deal with it. So I'll take talk about another Chick-fil-A solution since we've spoken about Chick-fil-A and, and restaurants. Just before the pandemic, Chick-fil-A, observing their customers, noticed that a lot of single parents were showing up with cars full of kids, right? And you can imagine walking into a Chick-fil-A or any fast food restaurant with four or five little kids, navigating that line, keeping those kids in order, getting all the food, finding a way a table, it's awful, right? And so what Chick-fil-A did once they excavated for that need by observing their clients is they allowed single parents to text message when uh, they arrived to the parking lot, what their order was, and then they would go in and they would have a table set up for them where the food will be brought to that table so that the mother or father could just walk the kids right to a table and set them down, right? That is a way of making a, a, a solution that resonates with people because you solve that particular type of customer's needs before everybody else did and better than they did. And I really love that uh, you mentioned that because it's such a specific scenario, but right. the fact that they saw it happen enough times mean they made that adjustment uh, back when I was in college, I went to Chipotle pretty often. That was the place I would go to in between long days. So they eventually had, you, you could buy digital. And that was a big deal because then I could just do the digital order and then just, you know, it's a lot quicker to get your stuff. So uh, just like noticing small things like that and for the small business owner, the side hustler, you could be looking at reviews, seeing what people say in Quora and Reddit to get an idea of what people think, what types of questions they have. And you can use that type of data to make your forward thinking decisions to create the type of innovation you want for your business. Absolutely. You know, there, there really is no uh, single solution that any of us can come up uh, with to a, a big problem. The process is 
identifying one little problem after another to solve until you snowball into solving a, a bigger problem, right? And, um, and that's just the way the world works. We need to peel back the onion layers, right? Uh, to get to a solution that solves bigger problems. If we could all solve a big problem with just you know, our imagination sitting at our, our desk, the world will be a different place, right? It's, it's virtually impossible to get there. Start with the small problems, understand them deeply, the customer facing problems that is, and that, that is a golden ticket to success. And I love how Peter mentions, like, we're going to have a lot of different issues and problems that we have to solve as business owners, but focus on the small stuff, because if you get the small stuff done, that's going to build momentum, but it's also going to be easier to see the impact of solving those problems versus only focusing on an issue that may take multiple years to solve versus something where maybe it takes a few days or a week to solve because of the nature of the problem. But as business owners, we are all about finding issues and solving them. The more you do that, the more you're going to experience success. And, and you know, you use the word momentum, Mark, um, and that's something that I teach too quite a bit. Uh, so let, let's talk about that for, for one moment. The reason to use Apple as your example, will come out with small iterations of their software during the year. Well, it might be to fix certain bugs, but sometimes they're also making improvements, right? And uh, the reason that they do larger product launches at the end of a, a year or the beginning of a new year is uh, to also have more momentum, right? And so if you had three or four small things you could solve, right? Well, actually you wanna schedule them out and you wanna create them to be much bigger things than they actually are, right? By speaking to what the underlying needs are that you're solving. That's what Apple does. And so Apple will come out and they are masters at creating a lot of fanfare around what is actually a, a small problem that they're solving in a new way, right? They figure the language, they figure out how to label the solution and they celebrate it openly, right? And uh, if you look at their, uh, when they do their launches, you know, and they have all these products coming out, it's just one problem, one customer problem, one solution, one customer problem, one solution after another. And that's, that's what restaurants do as well. They schedule out their launches in such a way that the audience that they speak to starts to feel their momentum, right? And feeling a company's momentum is what gets our attention because they clearly are doing something different and interesting. I now am alerted to pay attention to them, right? And what most restaurants do, most small businesses do is they might come up with something wonderful. And like a restaurant, they'll put something on their menu. They won't even really talk about it. Nobody knew they didn't develop the vocabulary for it, right? And all of a sudden, they, they innovated in a way that nobody in the world could ever appreciate, right? So as a small business owner uh, or business owner of any size business, your job is not just to innovate, but to give it life through language mm. that speaks to pain points that customers have and create a lot of fanfare around it because that's the only way people are going to get over the noise, right? And, uh, and that's when more customers will start showing up. And you do that on a schedule, 
Taco Bell does nine product launches a year, right? Uh, people feel the momentum and they start turning towards you. I love that perspective because if you make an innovation, but people don't know about it, it's not going to help. Like Apple, like all their iPhone launches, it's always something about the camera. Like I take a picture just by my other iPhone, but the way they talk about the camera, it seems like the, the greatest innovation that's ever happened. And Apple is really good at communicating how, inno- it's not just a matter of being innovative. It's also a matter of communicating it as Peter mentions and just Apple does it so well. And it's something we need to do as business owners as well. When we're doing something innovative, let the world know, make a big deal out of it because then the customers are going to feel like they're getting listened to, which is going to result in them coming back more and more. If you are looking to expand your customer base and figure out more of the principles of outperformance, make sure you grab Peter's book, Restaurant Strong. We will be throwing that in the show notes, but are there any other places we keep following your work and journey and staying informed about how we can, as business owners, outperform the competition. Any other places where people should be following? Is that what you said? Yeah, like where can we go to follow your work? Yeah, so uh, I'm on Twitter at P-L-E-S-A-R. And uh, I uh, am on Facebook with my Restaurant Strong community. So if you're a restaurateur in particular, look for the Restaurant Strong community online. Uh, And everybody else could go to my website, peterlassar.com. Uh, where people can learn uh, uh, about uh, what I like to think about, right? And, uh, and how, what that means for everybody else. So there's a place to sign up for a newsletter. And there's a place to see videos and, and so forth. And I think there's a lot of value there for anybody. Breakthrough Success listeners, make sure you check out Peter's website, book, and social media handles. Links in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been a real honor.